0: This morning we're beginning a new series of lessons entitled Traces of a Trusting Heart. And over the next four Sunday mornings, we're taking an in-depth look at the issue of trust, especially as it relates to our relationship with God. In today's lesson, trust, the mark of God's character, will answer the question, Can I trust God? In next Sunday's lesson, trust the mark of our character, we'll discuss the question, can God trust me? And then in our third and fourth lessons, trust the measure of our character, we'll discuss some specific trust-building steps that we can take as managers of everything God has entrusted to our cares. Because you see, trust is the key to all relationships, husband, wife, parent, child, employer, employee, friend to friend, and yes, even God and people. Trust is the foundation upon which a relationship is built. It is the glue that holds a relationship together. It is the atmosphere in which a relationship breathes. It is the soil in which a relationship grows. The deeper the trust, the deeper the relationship. Broken trust results in a broken relationship. Without trust, a relationship simply will not survive. This is especially true in our relationship with God. Trust is the key. And basically, this issue of trust is, you understand, a two-way street. First, can we trust God? And then second, can God trust us? And how we answer those two questions reveals a great deal about our relationship with God. Therefore, this morning, let's begin by answering the first question. Can I trust God? Can I rely upon Him? Is He dependable? Is God trustworthy? Psalm 9 and verse 10 gives us the answer. In fact, let's read this out loud together. Would you read it with me? Those who know the Lord trust Him... (laughs) Notice that word, no. Key word there. Simply put, the more we know the Lord, the more we know that we can trust Him. He has proven His trustworthiness over and over and over again. For example, consider God's faithfulness with the nation of Israel. In the Old Testament, God made many promises to Israel, and as His track record proves, He was indeed trustworthy. He fulfilled each and every one of those promises. Joshua 23 verse 14 puts it this way, Not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Time after time, God prove to Israel that He is a trustworthy God. What He says He will do, He in fact does. Not one of His promises failed. He was 100% faithful. He demonstrated Himself to be reliable again and again. And over the past 4,000 years, God has continued to be faithful to Israel despite their unfaithfulness to Him. Despite captivity, despite mass genocide, despite incredible persecution, despite all of those hardships, Israel's still around today. I mean, that proves God's dependability. How many Hittites have you run into recently? Hmm. How many Jebusites or Amorites or Amalekites or Canaanites or Termites or Stalactites or all those other ites that we read about in the Bible? How many have you seen lately? None. But there are still Israelites. Why? Because God is trustworthy. And God is still trustworthy today. He is just as reliable and dependent, dependable to us today. Trust is, in fact, one of the marks of God's very character. Earlier I asked you to turn in your Bible to Psalm 145. Look at the latter part of verse 13 with me. I love this. It says, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. Don't miss that. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises. I'm told that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. I've never counted them myself, but that's what I read. They're like blank checks, kind of waiting to be cashed, if you will. Now, of course, we can't look at all 7,000 of them this morning. However, in answering our question, can I trust God, I've chosen eight of my personal favorites. Here are eight guarantees God gives to us. Eight things that you and I can count on from God. Eight demonstrations, if you will, of God's trustworthiness. Number one, we can trust God to forgive our sins. We can trust God to forgive our sins. 1 John 1, verse 9 promises us, if we freely admit that we have sinned, we find God utterly reliable and straightforward. He forgives our sins and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. God says, you can count on me to forgive your sins. I guarantee it. Now, every promise, or most every promise, has... A premise attached to it, a condition. God says, if you do this, then I will do this. In this case, the promise is God's forgiveness. The premise is our confession. As Christians, if we freely admit that we have sinned, then God forgives us our sins and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. If we confess our sins, God forgives our sins. It's really as simple as that. But we sure try to make it harder, don't we? It's our nature to try to, I guess you would say, earn our forgiveness. We bargain with God. If you'll just forgive me this one time, I'll never do it again. We bribe God. If you'll just forgive me, I'll do whatever you ask. <laughs> we we beg, please, 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 forgive me. And we need to realize we don't need to bargain, bribe, or beg. With a heart of repentance, we simply need to confess our sin to God, and God says, "I forgive you." He is dependable. And reliable. He can be trusted in this regard. And so we can trust God to forgive our sins. Number two, we can trust God to guarantee our salvation. We can trust God to guarantee our salvation. I love the way that the Living Bible paraphrases 1 Corinthians 1 verses 8 and 9. It says, He, God, guarantees right up to the end that you will be counted free from all sin and guilt on that day when He returns. God will surely do this for you, for He always does just what He says. God guarantees that what He starts in our lives, He will finish. Just as we are saved by grace, so we are assured by grace. Just as God's power saves us, so God's power keeps us. Now I believe, I meet believers all the time who have little or no assurance of their salvation. Now, Although I don't believe in eternal security in the sense that there's nothing we can ever do to lose our salvation, neither do I believe in eternal insecurity in the sense that we can never be certain that we are saved. Once saved, always saved doesn't fit in what the Bible teaches, but neither does once saved, always in doubt. (laughs) Since we just talked about that in a recent series on fear, I'm not going to dwell on it here. I'll just remind you of the bottom line. The promise is God's assurance. The premise is our faith. If we place our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, God assures us of our eternal life. We have his word on it. He can be trusted in this matter so we can trust God to guarantee our salvation. Number three, we can trust God to guide our steps. We can trust God to guide our steps. When we don't know what to do or where to go, God promises to give us his guidance. Read Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 out loud with me. Let's read this together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Don't miss that last phrase. Make your path straight. Quite simply, the promise is God's guidance. He'll make your path straight. Literally, the terminology there could be translated, directs your steps. Now, sometimes He only does that one step at a time. You do understand that, right? <laughs> but He does direct our steps. The premise to all of this, of course, is our obedience. We must acknowledge Him, the proverb tells us. The word there simply means we must submit to Him. We must surrender to Him. We must seek Him. Let me ask you this question. When you are facing the question, what should I do, to whom or what do you look for direction? Your therapist? Your psychic counselor? <laughs> Social media, that's the big one today. You see, there's only one really reliable source for guidance, and that's God. Because He is the only one who can see everything past, present, and future all at the same time. So search his word and pray and seek counsel from other godly people who are in your life because God does have the answers. And he will show you what to do and where to go. He can be trusted for that. So we can trust God to guide our steps. Number four, we can trust God to answer our prayers. We can trust God to answer our prayers our prayers. Don't miss what God promises. Isaiah 58 and verse 9 says, when you pray, I will answer you. When you call to me, I will respond. Doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? (laughs) Kind of says it all. The promise, you see, is God's answer. The premise is our request. If we will but ask God, and sometimes that's our problem, we don't ask Him. We try to fix it ourselves. But if we will but ask God, then He will answer. If we will pray, God will respond. Now, it may not be the answer we want to hear. It might not always be go. Sometimes it may be no. Sometimes it may be slow. Sometimes it may be whoa. But God always answers each and every prayer. We can count on Him. He can be trusted. So we can trust God to answer our prayers. Number five, we can trust God to provide our escape. We can trust God to provide our escape. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 has to be one of my very favorite promises from God. So we're going to have to read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? No temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear, but God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. He will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will never be impossible for you to bear it. I love that. In a nutshell, when we're tempted we can trust that God will always, without fail, provide a way out, an escape route, so that we have the power to say no to whatever that temptation may be that is plaguing your life. In the model prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. James 4 verse 7 tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the promise here is God's deliverance. The premise, the condition is our resistance. If we really, truly want to resist, then God will deliver us from temptation. He will provide a way out. He will show us how to say no. We have His Word on it. He can be trusted in this. So we can trust God to provide our escape. Number six, we can trust God to avenge our injustices. We can trust God to avenge our injustices. You ever read the news or hear the news and you feel like there's just no justice? Yes. You read the news lately? You watch television lately? Life isn't fair. I mean, you hear about some criminal who gets off scot-free through some legal loophole. Or you read about, as we're going to be talking about a little more, and you saw on the, what the movie's about tonight, about, about human trafficking where innocent children, men and women, are being enslaved and exploited, or you personally experience mistreatment or harassment, maybe at your place of work or at school, and you scream, it isn't fair! My response is, you're exactly right. Life is not fair. Because we live in an imperfect world. Because there's sin. people do wrong things, and innocent people get hurt. And it's just not right. (laughs) That's why one day God's going to settle the score. That's why there is a heaven and there is a hell. One day there's going to be a judgment when God is going to see that justice does finally and ultimately prevail. However, until then, our attitude ought to be, according to Romans 12 and verse 19. It says, Never avenge yourselves, leave that to God. For it is written, I will take vengeance, I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. And so, the, the, the promise is God's vindication. The premise in all of this is our patience. If we patiently trust God, then He will, in His perfect timing, vindicate us. We can depend upon Him to settle accounts. Ultimately, He will avenge any and all injustices we may suffer in this life. Now, the greatest example of that, of course, was Jesus. I mean, none of us have even begun to suffer the injustices that Jesus suffered. And yet, 1 Peter 2 and verse 23 tells us, He did not retaliate when He was insulted. When He suffered, He did not threaten to get even. He left His case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Don't miss those words. He left His case in the hands of God. We need to learn how to do the same. So, we can trust God to avenge our injustices. Number seven, we can trust God to comfort... Our afflictions. We can trust God to comfort our afflictions. Psalm 34 reminds us, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their cry. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 puts it this way. Let's read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. What a great verse. In other words, the promise is God's strength. The premise is our commitment. If we are fully committed to God, then He will give us strength. He will comfort us in our afflictions. He will encourage us in our discouragements. He will deliver us from all of our troubles. He will never, ever abandon the righteous who put their trust in Him. He is reliable, He is dependable, and we can always count on Him to see us through it all, as we sang earlier. And so we can trust God to comfort our afflictions. Number eight, we can trust God to reward our generosity. We can trust God to reward our generosity. Look at God's amazing promise in Luke 6 and verse 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, friends, this is not some positive thinking doctrine here. This is not some prosperity, uh, health and wealth, blab it and grab it kind of doctrine. This is not some kind of gimmicky fundraising technique. Jesus said this. It's not some radio or television evangelist that said this. The point is, we can be confident that when we are generous, God rewards our generosity. In fact, I would just say that if you're not tithing, you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting God. I mean, God, you understand, doesn't need your money. (laughs) If you're only giving God the leftovers of your income... You're only penalizing yourself from the blessings that God wants to pour out upon your life. Let's read uh, Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will overflow. Don't miss that. The first and the best. God Himself challenged us in this way. Malachi 3 and verse 10. Bring the full amount of your tithes. Put me to the test and you will see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out on you in abundance all kinds of good things. The, The fact is that tithing, stewardship, is a matter of trust. The Bible says when we give our money away, when we are generous givers, God's generosity back to us will be even greater. We have His Word on it. So here's the promise and the premise. The promise is God's blessing. The premise is our sacrifice. If we give sacrificially to God, then He will bless us abundantly in return. And we can trust Him. He says, in fact, test me in this. Trust God to reward our generosity. Traces of a trusting heart. Today we've looked at trust, the mark of God's character. And we've tried to answer the question, can I trust God? And we've seen that God is, in fact, faithful. He is trustworthy. He's dependable. He is reliable. We can count on Him each and every time. We can trust Him in every area of our lives. So how does God's trustworthiness affect my life personally? Well, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. I just picked eight of them this morning. We can trust God to forgive our sins. The promise is forgiveness. The premise is our confession. We can trust God to guarantee our salvation. The promise is assurance. The premise is our faith. We can trust God to guide our steps. The promise is guidance. The premise is our obedience. We can trust God to answer our prayers. The promise is his answer. The premise is our request. We can trust God to provide our escape. The promise is his deliverance. The premise is our resistance. We can trust God to avenge our injustices. The promise is his vindication. The premise is our patience. We can trust God to comfort our affliction. The promise is His strength. The promise is our commitment. And we can trust God to reward our generosity. The promise is His blessing. The premise is our sacrifice. And so, the question is, can I trust God? And the answer is (laughs) absolutely yes. He is 100% trustworthy. In fact, trust is a mark of His very character. Let's read Hebrews 10 and verse 23 out loud together as we conclude. Read this with me. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Boy, if we could just remember that. He always keeps his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these reminders today. And this is just the very tip of the iceberg. Of all of the things that you have promised to us, the things that you guarantee, where you are reliable, where you are dependable, where you are faithful to us in our lives, God, we know that you are 100% trustworthy. So God, we put our trust in You. Even when life doesn't make sense, even when all around us it seems that that things just are falling apart and and we can't see what the next step is and we don't know where to turn and what to do, we know we can trust You because You are God. And there is no other besides You. So God, this morning we rejoice and we celebrate in your trustworthiness, thank you and say great is your faithfulness, O oh God. Thank you that we can trust you 100%. For that's our prayer in Jesus' name.